0: the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with all of my co-hosts. We have Wayne and Katya and Hannah. How's it going, guys?
1: Um. Hey, Mav. <laughs>
2: well, it's about the same as the last time, but uh, I think yeah. more, more importantly, we should ask, who is winning the box office game right now?
0: Uh, there's a box office game result. Wayne has a commanding lead of like $900,000 as we record. It might be... No. Not not, not, not when this airs.
2: Not when this airs. When this Probably airs. Not. When this airs, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon will have hopefully given me a slightly commanding lead. We're talking hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. So tune you know, in next week.
3: Which, which movie did I make money on?
0: Um, um, you made Nomad uh, on Land. Nomadland, which came okay. out okay. months early because they're like, why yeah. not? You know, it's a pandemic. Awesome movie out that isn't going to make any money anyway. So, so, right. so, Hannah, you Scott are for- hoping to be in the lead by the time this airs. I mean, you're hoping that people brave a pandemic to go out and see Raya and the Last Dragon. No, that what you're I'm not,
1: no I,
2: that's you know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if we're going to play this game, we're going to count the numbers. And um, but like I, I'm saying, hopefully in the sense that Chaos Walking is your movie and is out this weekend. It's limited release and delayed Uh by like two years. Uh Nomadland limited release. And also, I believe on Hulu streaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and now we have like a Disney animated studio film that's gotten pretty good reviews. And so based on how numbers work,
0: you might be winning for the first time ever I'm, in this game.
2: That's not fair. <laughs> Has she never been, never been in the been,
1: lead. What? what? I don't, think,
0: I don't so, think so. Have you?
2: No, I, I'm pretty sure I was in the lead when like Serenity came out like two years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, there you go. Okay. All, right.
3: All right. So, yeah, My strategy with Nomad Land wasn't but, like, I knew it was going to make like $12, but given that it's Francis McDormand, I figured critic score would give me 1197 of that.
2: Yeah, I yes. mean, so, yeah, 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 you were correct. Uh, awesome.
3: That is accurate.
2: But again, stay safe. Don't be irresponsible. <laughs> Don't do it that makes you uncomfortable. Don't just go see a movie to give us money. Not that anyone was ever motivated by that
4: i also really enjoy that like wayne's strategy is like the polar opposite of mine which is like does it have explosions and <laughs> monsters i want it <laughs> Will I get a, a critic score of like roughly two yes Oh <laughs> uh, well
0: <okay. laughs> so speaking of and i don't know if this is a real transition or not but we have a topic today this is exciting Wait, this is uh yeah, some, some, something something exciting happened
4: do we not normally
0: have a topic? No, but this oh. is an exciting topic because it's, it, it's like, it's relevant, like relevant, relevant and in the news and everybody is talking about it because of what happened last weekend. Obviously, I, I'm talking about Cop Rock, which we are we are ready to discuss because that's why you're all here. You're here to talk about Cop Rock, which was talked about in depth, in depth, yep. very much in depth, mind you, on the most recent episode of John Oliver. So that's what we're doing this week, right?
4: You know, the really unfortunate part of a pandemic is I can't punch you right now. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I
5: think you know. I'm in the wrong recording session
0: uh, yeah uh, we're not talking about cop rock but we should we're gonna do an all cop we, rock show one day um, uh, <laughs> uh, the voice uh, is here we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about wandavision this is a show that everybody is everybody's loving you know everybody's here to talk wandavision and we invited a guest I want to welcome to the show for the first time. We have Tara from the There Was yep. an Idea podcast.
5: Hey, Tara. Hi. How are you? Hi, Thanks Tara. for having me today. What, yeah, what yeah, was welcome. your idea? <laughs> Ask Nick Fury.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, so Tara, I should give, should give a little bit of background. Um, I don't even know how. I think you left a comment on one of like on like one of our Instagram posts way back and it was just like and your name was an idea podcast and i got the joke and i'm like oh okay an idea (laughs) podcast like from marvel okay so i went listen i love your show tell them what your show's about just so they know
5: thank you thank you so much and yes when i was first starting my online presence for the podcast i found your show and immediately went this is incredible this is exactly the type of thing that i'm aspiring to do um although i specifically started with the mcu as a contained area within pop culture that i was going to dive into so yeah so i have been a huge fan of pop culture since i was a very young kid and movies music tv games it hasn't been enough for me to just consume these things i become immersed in it and i want to create and i crave an as an active aspect to my engagement with media and with pop culture so
4: you f- last you year right i
5: Yes. <laughs> so last year, I finally started a podcast. And as you said, it's called There Was an Idea Ellipsis, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And my spin is that I organize the movies by larger concept or theme. I have a new guest or guest on, a guest or guests on with me each week. And we take a, a somewhat academic approach to discussing the movies. In season one, I looked at identity formation in eight of the solo films of the MCU. And then in season two, I dove into the idea of collective identity and relationships and communities within the team up movies of the franchise. And now for season three, I've been doing weekly shows on WandaVision, tracing big ideas, themes, motifs, character development, general reflections on its approach to storytelling with various guests bringing in their unique perspectives and uh, I'm a teacher and that's a a huge part of uh, my perspective that I bring in. I love it. And I've had on a lot of teachers of different subjects as guests on my show who bring in their unique lenses. Um, And I've also had on people who are completely new to the MCU that I, I picked a particular movie to be their entry point and kind of had them bring their lens to discussing that movie. And then I've also had people who have been diehard fans forever. Um, And this season, I've also been able to bring on some other podcasters and um, also an acquaintance of mine who has written some Marvel novels. So it's Mm -hmm. been a lot of fun.
0: Cool. Very cool. So I thought you'd fit in for this one because uh, I'd been wanting to have you on for a while. And then it was like, oh, well, we're, you've been doing a one division recap every week. And we just didn't have the energy for that. So we didn't do
4: that. <laughs> so we'll just be replaying uh, the episode uh, while we all sit in silence right now. <laughs>
0: I mean, well but we don't we don't usually recap things like that on this show anyway. We always like you know, we like to wait till the end of of a Game of Thrones or something and just like look at big picture and yeah, so so um so yeah, well, and then you know, and then you know, Hannah will bring it up. Every chance she gets about how she hates it for the next tier. So you know, okay,
1: okay, look.
2: I'm sorry that it traumatized me, okay?
1: Like it was legitimately
2: the one of the most upsetting things I've ever watched on television. It just hit all the right buttons, okay? And See? WandaVision is different. No, you brought it up. You <laughs> brought
0: it up. See, <laughs> 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 division is about trauma. It's about trauma. It's a great
2: show it about is. trauma. So, not, like, so. It not is. comparable to what I'm describing with. Gary.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah! No, everybody, everybody in her. F- that's right yeah, everybody that's in her brilliant. life died. died everybody in, in um, yeah. Wanda's life dies and she has to create a whole new reality to cope with herself Which, but Hannah didn't Hannah like did. a tv show so you know you know it's, it's pretty pretty close yeah, yeah,
1: pretty actually, similar, actually,
2: very similar Very similar. what is interesting about WandaVision I mean there's a lot of interesting things is that and how attention to this is that like it shows you like the power of television in like how Wanda imagines her world like she uses sitcoms as an escape so you know, you know. Actually, being upset over a TV show or enjoying a TV
0: show—not
2: mm. that bad of a thing.
0: I agree with that. I think, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, all of us, <laughs>
3: all, all of us who were raised by television, you know, like it, it is. It's sort of how we have been taught to organize our thoughts about the world. We all kind of well, expect a solution to things in
4: fifty minutes plus commercials, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's also you know- I, mean, I want
4: to I get I want to get yeah. into like what more substantively, but yeah. I think also like yeah. yes, it's an re- illustration of like the importance of, of of television and media generally, but it's also like a really great illustration of what's the problem like of taking media too seriously because she literally creates a reality, a fictional reality based around like Leave It to Beaver, <laughs>
2: and it hurts so, people. To be fair, <laughs> so Leave It to Beaver is the Dick Van Dyke Show. I know um, it's not
4: Leave It to Beaver, but it's like but the idea of like the. The world is not a sitcom, and when you try and pretend that it is a sitcom, uh, uh problems. problems. Yeah, be happening. It, 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 which is yeah, kind of well, like it, the parable of what happened to the 1950s. They're like, oh, we're going to ignore issues of like race and gender. Well, and, and yeah,
3: it, it's the whole yeah. what, I need to simplify the world around me. Yes, because absolutely. That's, because that's because that's easier than dealing with these bigger problems and issues.
4: Of course, I which think. is why sitcoms, yeah. like sitcoms in general, are comforting. Like sitcoms right, make the right, world yeah, yeah. into a little digestible like nugget that we can deal with in 30 minutes.
2: Although, very interestingly, like as the show goes on. Um, it you know it we it moves through the decades and does does like get more complex and complicated like some of the sitcoms that um, are airing now that do tackle like very serious yeah. issues but somehow make them digestible.
4: So I definitely want to get into the themes and stuff, but I'm also kind of curious. I'm probably the least MCU literate person on this show right now. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. like, I'm interested what people's reactions were to this show because I really loved it because it was like vintage fashion and. I do enjoy yeah. superheroes and explosions, so it had everything that I enjoy. But I don't know how the comic book folks. I want feel. to start
0: with well, Nancy. I want to start with Tara there because uh, so your show is specifically you are a fan of the MCU, and that matters because you're not particularly a comic book fan, right?
5: Right, and it's more that I'm not a fan, not because I don't like comic books, but because I have not gone into that world. Which, as we were kind of speaking to before we were recording earlier, it's difficult to get into a world that has so many different writers, so many different timelines, so many different, so so many years of mm-hmm. establishment over the course of the comic books. So there's something about the MCU as a cinematic franchise that feels much more contained, much more manageable. And for me as a, a fan of movies, it was something that drew me in and So I am not very aware of comic storylines at all. I'm always fascinated when I speak with other people who are and talk about the connections or lack thereof between the MCU as we see it on screen and the comic storylines. But yes, uh, to your question, my goal and and my area of um, interest and expertise lie just in the films.
0: But you have seen them all and well, you've seen them all and I believe you've seen all the all the associated television shows, right?
5: I have not seen all of the um, non-canon MCU shows, so I'm very much contained to what is considered part of the Kevin Feige produced Marvel Studios produced MCU. So Mm -hmm. I haven't seen, for example, Iron Fist or okay. the defenders. I I've seen Jessica Jones, which is fantastic, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen all of those in their in mm-hmm. their
4: entirety. Uh, I will someday. Okay, so that does
0: that does put you further ahead than Katya because you've not even seen all the films, <laughs> right? You've seen most of them, right?
4: Me? Yeah. Uh, I've seen. I think I've seen all the films at this point. I'm probably have seen less of the TV shows. Okay. I also just have a short attention span. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so my ability and there's a lot of character. Well, like even.
3: It's got, it's i do it's, think, it's, think- just, just to bring you up to speed we're talking about wandavision
4: uh yep yeah. thanks, thanks wayne no problem but like i think even like the cinematic universe is much like less sprawling than the comics because i mean you could theoretically like you could watch everything in a couple over the course of a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. like get up to speed but i think even then like the amount of like interconnections and like I have a hard time. I feel like I would actually need to study the MCU in order to like fully understand everything. So like, I mean, I, and I enjoy the, I enjoy that.
0: There are legit flow charts. Now as soon as it gets to
4: a point where like I need flow charts, this is like, I really admire people in like gaming culture that like get deep into lore and they know everything about, I was watching a really great, like, Thirty-minute YouTube video yesterday about uh, somebody deconstructing the entire history of trolls in Skyrim. This is completely off topic. Wow. I feel like it's related. I'm sort of like the commitment that takes
1: <laughs>
4: is insane, Absolutely. and I wish I had it, but I don't. I don't. I, I don't. So That's, I admire the people who can keep track of the MCU. You know, I, mean, I just watch it and go like, ooh, explosions and yay, people having cool fights. I mean, we and do a podcast really
0: where we do not gonna make paper once a week every week for the last three years, but you know, we're mostly drunk while during it. So, <laughs> hey,
4: but I think it's also like I. But it's like, a. I think it's like, I, uh, I mean, we've talked about this offside. I am, I am a breadth person. Depth is not, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm a breadth and synthesis person. Extreme depth and detail oriented, like study of a v- subject is, but it, yeah. Once it gets to the point of flow charts, I start, it's, it's getting complicated. I have to try it's really hard really to really that.
5: That you say that because I think a lot of the reasons that you are explaining uh, right now are, are reasons why it's been hard for me to get into the comics world. Whereas Mm -hmm. for the MCU, I feel like I'm in control of it or or I I I like I like that it's contained and it's it's getting increasingly complex Mm -hmm. as more recent installments such as WandaVision open up the possibilities of the multiverse. And that's where it might be going into that comic territory of having multiple realities, multiple timelines. But for what it is, um, as it stands, it's been really, really enjoyable and delightful for me to dive in and do that deep study of the 23 films plus WandaVision that are part of that cinematic universe. At this time,
0: and I was going to sort of move in that direction because I, I find one of the things that I find interesting about the show—not well, I shouldn't when I say the show—I didn't. Now it's confusing because now they're actually our shows um, about the MCU as a whole, which now includes this TV show. Is the it, it shouldn't have worked, right? It's like the the level of interconnectivity is weird. You have people like. Hannah and I watch like every movie, right? Like, I mean, we watch a lot more movies, so it doesn't surprise Mm -hmm. me that somebody like one of us would get be into it when you watch fewer mm-hmm. movies, but you have a knowledge of comic books that goes back 1930, you know, a, 90 a years time, right. right? Like, but there's like, there's like 90 years worth of content floating around in your head or in my head about how this world or the DC world exists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a level of interconnectivity there, but you cannot, you know, we talked about this on our, on our end game show and in our infinity game. show. Um, uh, Infinity War show. It's a lot to ask for somebody to hey, I want you to start reading Tolstoy but we're going to start at chapter 35 right? Like to to just like t- tell somebody yeah. to jump into a middle of a book mm-hmm. and I think this one allows so far the MCU is more or less allowed for it in an interesting way. I had one friend of mine talking about it online. Um, he's like, well, I've been watching this show or should I? Um, and I'm really enjoying it even though I've not seen any Marvel movies and I was like why why the fuck are you watching this
1: I think that actually
2: this uh, reminded me of uh, Watchmen on HBO in Mm -hmm. and and this probably will sound strange to some people until I explain what I mean. Uh, Everything you actually need to know about Wanda and vision is baked into the show. Like uh, it begins like WTF. What is going on? And actually is, I think pretty accessible to an American audience who like grew up with a broad knowledge of sitcoms. And then like, you need to to be about 25
0: or so you need to be old enough to remember Nick at night or to watch the shows in the original Yeah,
2: broad knowledge of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you you watch it and it goes on, and then like they explain organically in the dialogue. Oh, like you're dead. Why are you walking around Westview, Vision? <laughs> uh, like, and so Did like they- all the backstory, especially on um episode eight, where it dives deep into Wanda's backstory and traumatizes its viewers, um, in a good way. Um <laughs> it you know it 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 it's all there so you can just watch WandaVision and not care about anything else which honestly if you don't have to watch Age of Ultron you you know you don't have to watch Age of Ultron it's fine <laughs> which
1: I think is honestly yeah, what's really this- interesting
5: is that the show has been an entry point for mm-hmm. a lot of people and it's and it is an entry point I I don't at least in my circles I don't know anybody who is stopping at WandaVision so I I know some people like People my age, so early 30s, people my parents age. So, you know, early 60s. Um, and then also some of the very young teenagers who I teach, who are 14, 15 years old, who um, some who were already fans of some of the MCU movies, perhaps not completionists within the MCU. But, you know, oh, OK, I went to go see Endgame or whatever. But regardless, um, this has been the thing that has made them want to go back and Mm -hmm. revisit or visit for the first time some of those other films. And I do think that that is a testament to the MCU's nonlinear storytelling that you Mm -hmm. can enter at different, at different um, pathways. And it's been really, really cool to see, especially how this show is resonating with young girls who I'm teaching, who uh, some who actually have, some knowledge of these old sitcoms because of their parents or, you know, watching it. And and, um, it's been really, really cool, cool to see. And I, I I do think that the intertextuality of the MCU and the way that it weaves these different storylines has been among its biggest successes. And it's really interesting to see how WandaVision plays into that.
4: I think it's really it's really interesting to hear that like basically like especially younger girls are responding to it differently. Because one of the things I remember like watching the show is I mean, I I'd agree, like I think one of the strengths of the MCU is like I've seen all the movies, but even then I don't keep track I think as much as some other folks do of Mm. like all the different stories. I don't know the order they're going in anymore. I get I just I just I I watch Do you a movie, even
0: I care? Do you even care uh, for the most part? Well,
4: that's the thing. It's like, you know, I don't th- like. I think the great thing about the MCU is you don't have to. And I think, what, but one of the things I found really fascinating about WandaVision, in particular, is like the aesthetic shift mm-hmm. between what I associate with the like with with like Marvel as a whole to wh- how WandaVision particularly starts out was fascinating. I, that, that was a
3: that was a brave choice on the part of of the people rather than just going with something safe.
4: Yeah, and I think it brought in people I talk to a lot of people that like especially like my age so like you know what middle-aged millennial the middle millennial I have no (laughs) idea how it works anymore uh I stuff I don't know but like I know a lot of people that like have seen a lot of the Marvel movies but maybe haven't seen everything Mm -hmm. and like this show especially like women my age and younger I've seen like they're like oh this is a thing that I like I I see myself and identify with because I used to watch those old sitcoms or like I am into vintage fashion or I like like finding like uh Wanda herself really compelling but I think just like the fact that it was so unexpected I think intrigued a lot of people I mean myself included I was just like this is interesting which Mm -hmm. also is that is that aesthetic shift like ever in the comics? I'm assuming no, based right. on what happened
1: Well, yes, okay. but not
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah not, <laughs> not 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 directly. There there was a twelve issue vision miniseries a couple of years ago by yeah. Tom King mm-hmm. wherein he created a family of other androids. Wanda was not a part of this. And to, she's, you know, he, she's he, was, a
0: tertiary character, yeah, yeah, she's terny, right, in it.
3: right, yeah. But she she was not his wife in this. He creates an Android wife and two android children. And moves to the suburbs to live a normal life, and mm-hmm. things go horribly awry wow. because you know that's what happens when you move to the suburbs.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah no, as we all know that
4: <laughs> the suburbs are a dystopian nightmare. It's true. Well, and there's also
3: it, it, it was very definitely a a I think thematic influence on what division mm-hmm. became. Um, yes.
0: Yeah, there's also very much a um, Wanda first appears as a character in like 1964. Right. So like like there's been an aesthetic change just because time has marched on, even though 60 years haven't passed for her as a character. Like the artwork Mm -hmm. is always current. So I think it's there, but Uh, not as much, not but as a meta level and not as much as a intentional portion of the story as it was in this. So. So I found rolling that in fascinating and interesting. Um, um It was it, it, one thing that sort of I was I, interested in as we were watching it, you know, from week to week. And this is something that, you know, like uh, Tara, you get to do, you get to discuss it every week. We've mentioned it a couple of times in the show, but we haven't done a full review. I'm reading just people's hot takes online. And there were a lot of traditional comic book fans sort of getting annoyed by episode four, you know, when they finally do the, the real world episode, they were like, well, it's about time because there were a lot of people, they should have started the story here. And I disagreed. I like yeah. seeing mm-hmm. the the gradual tonal shift. I, mm-hmm. I don't need to know yes, that every I you know, agree. right. It's not a two hour movie. This was mm-hmm. a TV show. It was a weekly TV show. I'm, I'm a big Twin Peaks fan, right? Like I, I mm-hmm. want to, mm-hmm. I want to be uncomfortable and confused and it was pretty enough yeah. and interesting yeah. enough. But like, like from the very first episode, I'm like, oh, OK, they're doing a Lucy. I get this. I, uh, you know, I I understand how this works. I've seen a Lucy before, so so I can follow along. And then the next episode, oh, they're doing a Dick Van Dyke. Fine. All right. I'm on board. I don't need to know all the working parts in order to, like, follow it. I, you know, I, I'm enjoying the ride. In a way that I don't normally get to for this stuff, because so much of it pulls from Wayne, you and I have talked about there's no surprise when Thanos destroys half the universe for us, because I'd read that comic book 30 years ago. Right. Like I like I knew what was going to happen. So when so now I have um, I have, you know, Wanda doing something It's like I don't know what's going on, but I'm on board for it. And I thought mm-hmm. that the first episode that, you know, in the middle, having an episode that, that focuses on Jimmy and Monica and Darcy, that was cool. And then going and then waiting some more time inside the fictional universe. I want to mm-hmm. see that. I want to see it develop so much so that probably. My least favorite episode of the series is the last one because oh, <sighs> we're gonna do an MCU fight now. I mean,
1: yeah, we kind of touched on that
0: before we started recording as well. I think I, I'm i on board
3: with that episode being my least favorite of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was yeah, fine. I didn't hate it. I, I mean, yeah, I, right,
3: right. I didn't hate it. There, there were things I thought were really good. But, 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 do we
2: want do we, do we want to talk about the finale and our feelings on it? Because l- l- sure, l- let's do that. Uh, um, spo- yeah.
3: For our listeners, believe it or not, spoilers.
1: If we <laughs> we should have said
2: it. that. Yeah. Should have yeah.
4: said that at the top of the show. But I feel yeah. like that is painfully maybe, obvious. Maybe,
2: maybe, maybe Mab should record something and put the. Yeah, in. No. I don't know. We don't know.
1: Yeah.
4: Okay. Well.
1: <laughs> We'll this show's going to be called,
4: like, the WandaVision episode. I yeah, feel right. like they yeah. can yeah. make yeah, some educated just, guesses, yeah. and if yeah. not, they deserve whatever
0: happens to them. <laughs> right. Well, I
2: guess we can just <laughs> cut all this out. Um
0: <laughs> to you, being mean to the listeners? No, that stays. Go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, so actually, I hate to say it, but I was kind of disappointed by the finale. I, I think part of it is that, like, it's a TV show, right? So it allowed for a lot more depth and more threads to be, like, drawn out. And I felt like they kind of dropped some of the threads in disappointing ways. Also, did, like, Kat Dennings, like, have somewhere else to film? Because I have
1: she ran to Hayward. Yeah, I
2: think yeah. so.
0: I think so. Well, I so think I, what I, happened, just as a little side, and I've seen... I've seen other people speculating this as well. And I was wondering it and I looked for confirmation, couldn't find anything, just found other people speculating the same thing I did. Which was I know that they were filming when COVID started. They were they when COVID started. They had two episodes, or they were working on the last two episodes. I remember that being in in the press. Um, and, but they were farther along than Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was supposed to come out first. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier was completely shut down because they had to travel all over the world. Wanda Vision was mostly being filmed in one place. So they had, you know, but they still weren't done. They locked down for a few weeks and then they came back and finished it. And my guess is Kat Dennings isn't in episode eight at all. She had a small part in episode nine. And I'm guessing that she had moved on to somewhere else. And they like wherever she was, I'm guessing for scheduling, they probably couldn't get her back. So so they so they probably I'm thinking they probably just had her sit on a soundstage somewhere and film like her one shot. And then they composite uh, and they composite it in because, it's really just like it's it's literally she does her one thing. She's in one scene for four seconds. And then next time they mention they mention her like they're like, where's Darcy? And and is like, uh, Darcy had to return to her home planet. You know, <laughs>
1: there's no <laughs> there's, say, yeah. like,
0: so, there's no rationalization. She's just like, she hates paperwork. So she left. Don't worry about it. And I think so. I think she just wasn't yeah. available.
2: Yeah, I mean, which, which, you know, like in context, like, you know, that's. I'm not like it's not it didn't ruin the show for me or anything. It's just like it mm-hmm. felt like a lot of the minor not not like I guess major secondary characters like their plot lines got kind of dropped towards the end. And obviously it's called WandaVision. I understand that. But I think it it just I guess um, speaks to the like compelling performances of the secondary cast. Also, mm-hmm. what really bothered me is that like Hayward, like far be it for me to argue for Dick to get more lines. But I think his characterization was strange on the whole because at the beginning, he seemed to be, like, an okay guy who, like, had a good relationship with Maria and then Monica and, like, comforted Monica and asked her for a favor. And it seemed like she liked him to some degree. And, like, then he turned out to be the absolute biggest dick in the universe. And it never, like, it it seemed like there was just no, like, dealing with that breakdown of a relationship whatsoever and I also like I understand his plan to bring Vision back to life but also I don't I don't know I just I, I guess like it di- it just didn't feel like a very compelling villain story to me which maybe he's just not a compelling villain and he's a dick and there's more interesting characters like Agnes think like I
4: feel like also part of it is like the villain story is like in some ways I, I mean I understood why it was there for like continuity with the overall like Marvel shtick you always have to have a bad guy who's being awful but, like, because, the, like, the central theme and the central plot line was centered around, like, Wanda basically dealing, like, fairly problematically with her trauma. <laughs> like, in some ways, like, there didn't really need to be a villain other than as a plot device. Is that just me?
0: No, I think that's accurate. Yeah. So what do other people think? Do other people like it? Or, I mean, Hannah gave her thoughts
4: of like similar like it felt very much like a oh well this is the conclusion to like what is essentially a prequel season that like there's another story that's coming and this was just sort of like a mm, like waypoint it didn't feel like a finale and I think also aspects of it were really confusing mm-hmm. sort of like I don't I don't know what's up with like the weird like white vision entirely mm-hmm. or what happened yeah, with that
3: the, the fact that he just disappeared bothered me <laughs> like, the, the, like I'm gonna fly off and find myself now. that that scene
2: didn't feel finished to me yeah and and actually your description of it sounds more complete than what actually happened on screen yeah
4: yeah, i I think it was just like the the finale more than like we were talking about how like this this as a tv show it it does a really good job of standing alone i would say with the exception of the last episode i think the last episode there's there at least as somebody who's like not super well versed in like either the comic books or the movies on the that level like it felt like there were allusions to a lot of storylines that I was kind of expected to like, know in order to be like, Oh, well that's going to happen and blah, 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 Mm. which I didn't like. I spent a lot of time last night Googling and I feel like I still don't know what was going on.
0: That was, um, yeah.
4: Yeah. I I think that's a really interesting point because
5: I think that for me, um, uh, a lot of the emotional arc of the story wrapped up in episode eight. And I I thought that mm -hmm. episode eight book ended, episode one in a yeah. beautiful way and so i went into watching the finale to say i already love this show this show means a lot to me i've mm-hmm. found it incredibly powerful and an incredibly important installment into the mcu both in terms of storytelling uh the, you know how it fits into that larger web of storytelling and also on a metatextual level however so i, I kind of went into episode nine with I, I don't want to say lowered expectations because the show has consistently delivered on many fronts, mm-hmm. but I went into it thinking whatever this finale is, it will be. I'm already satisfied because of the emotional arc of how it wrapped Mm -hmm. up in episode eight. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really important point that uh, Katja just made because I think this is the one that's more like, okay, so now let's kind of set up where we go next in the MCU. So that's personally, exactly how I, I yeah, yeah, I personally didn't feel like the lack of tying things up for the secondary characters was as disappointing just because I am going to, you know, be invested in where Monica Rambeau goes next in Captain Marvel mm-hmm. 2 or where Dar- we see Darcy next in uh, Thor, Love and Thunder or et cetera And so on. Um, but I, I have. So that didn't that didn't bother me as much. Mm -hmm. But I I did feel like this was much more the installment that is traditional MCU, which Mm -hmm. is as a fan of traditional MCU, I'm almost surprised to say, therefore, it wasn't my favorite because this show has transcended um, (laughs) traditional MCU in such powerful ways.
4: I think that's a good observation, though, because I think. One of the reasons like I was kind of like meh on the last episode was just like, oh, like this is a this is like a convention of the MCU where like we are now going to set up the next thing, because like I felt that way about some of the movies where it's like, okay, this is even if they're not explicitly sequels, it's like this this ending to this movie is clearly setting up whatever's coming next. And so, Age of Ultron, right? Exactly. Age of Ultron is that movie. All of Age of yeah. Ultron is
0: Which, we're setting up other stuff. For
4: MC, in, in other contexts, would bother me, but in Marvel movies, it doesn't because I just know that that is part of the genre convention that they've built.
2: Um, Okay, it bothered me in the sense that, like, I understand that they will reappear, but it felt like the show was building to something and building to something and building to something and, like, the threads were connecting and converging. And when yeah. they did, the way they converged was disappointing to some degree. Like, for instance, Monica and Wanda are both dealing with grief. Um, and I, I think like Wayne, um, has talked a bit in like our conversations a bit, how like, you know, Monica, um, recognizes this or sent us an article about that. And it just, it felt like they were parallel and that their relationship was going to be very interesting. And then like when they finally met, it kind of fell flat. And I I understand Monica's not the major character, but it, it seems like they, they like were giving her more and giving her more. And then there, then it was like, oh, but see you in Captain Marvel too. Uh, when you go meet, experience the sky, instead of actually dealing with like your personal arc at the moment. So um, mm-hmm. that's just me. Yeah. Like, for, sorry. Go
4: ahead. Matt. For,
0: for me, it was, it was much the same thing. I, I, I adore I, the MCU movies. Right. And I, and I've, and, and I watched I, um, every episode of this series. I watched th- when it dropped at three in the morning. And then I went and watched it again later on, on that day with my wife. So I've seen everyone at least twice. And so I'm in. But for a lot of the same reasons that both Tara and Hannah were saying, there was so much of an emotional arc that I was enjoying the series. For itself, for eight solid episodes, and I felt exactly the same way as Tara. The finale for me, most of that happens in episode eight. There's a few things mm-hmm. with Wanda and her kids yeah. that sort of happen in episode nine, and her relationship with Vision that ep- happened in episode nine. But most of the show for me is an eight-episode story, and then, and then this final well, episode felt a lot. Too, it to me, it felt too much like a. By the way, way, you know, there's a Doctor Strange movie coming up, so we've got to set the stage. You know, there was a lot of even though they never explicitly say that. it it just felt like such a weird tonal shift to Mm. being something that the show hadn't been about. Um, And I do want to talk a little bit about, you know, you know, doing the outside research for comics, but uh, I want to give Wayne a chance to say his thoughts on the finale before we do that. But like so much of it felt like white, white vision existing. Kati, you said you were Googling it and you would have Googled it and found nothing because it was a garbage storyline that nobody liked. 20 years ago. It was yeah. stupid. And, and and like, why are we doing this other than to please comic book fans who like seeing Easter eggs of which, you know, I am one, but give, but I'd rather, I'd rather yeah. the story take precedence, Yeah. And, and I was just like, I don't care about white vision. I just yeah. don't.
3: <laughs> yeah. Now, I, and I also, there's also kind of a, I, maybe this is too much morality speaking up, but Wanda just, You spent several weeks keeping people hostage and taking over their minds and...
2: Yeah, like, yes. like Dexter.
3: Like Dexter, she just gets to leave.
2: Yeah, she's like, uh, she's like, do you, do you hate me, Monica? And Monica's like, no, I don't hate you. I understand you. I'm like, okay. And I,
3: I get that was so a like, weird, like, like, giving her level of power. It's not like the military who was there was going to be able to take her into custody if she didn't want to be. But the fact is, like, yeah, I did this horrible thing. Okay, see, I'm going to my cabin.
1: Just yeah, that was
4: weird, especially because there's like this entire like conversation ongoing between like her and Vision about like. Basically, she has to kind of like be accountable for the fuckery she's done, right? Which like right. Con- consequences. doesn't happen at all. She's sort of like mm, shrug, and like <laughs> I appreciate from the level of like it's about trauma and it's about grief, but it's like you don't get. I mean, IRL you aren't or at least you shouldn't be given a pass just because like you've done horrible things to people out of trauma. Right.
3: No, no, I just as a follow up, you know, Agatha wasn't completely wrong. Yes, yeah, she was trying to steal her power and she sees her as this greater yeah, threat yeah. which which she may be, but Agatha's like look what you're doing. You know, you, you did this to these people and mm-hmm. there are consequences. Uh so that bothered that me. Bothers. Um I, I guess maybe this taps into some, some bigger issues with just portrayal of women in power. The fact that the only plot line they seem to be able to do is Dark Phoenix. hmm Mm-hmm. <laughs> It bothers me, uh, and it, you know, and I've done that with Wanda in the comics as well. I, I said before we started, it was the best yet. version
0: of Dark Phoenix I've ever seen on screen. You're but, right. But yeah. yeah, I mean, but still, I, it was. It they had promised they're like, well, we don't want to do just the story of a woman who's where power, where she can't handle power, and it and wasn't it, just that story. Right,
3: right, right. But it wasn't it was just that story. Yeah, yeah. And and I I said before we started recording when we were just talking, and I've had this conversation with a couple of other friend groups this week. Is you asking people, you know, people who aren't as well versed in the comics background or whatnot, like, well, what should I read? And, you know, honestly, my favorite Wanda and vision stories go back 30 years. I don't know that I've liked Wanda as a character since Avengers disassembled in whatever that was, 2001. I kind of hate what they've done with the character in the comics since then. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is, it's just become that, Oh look, she's powerful and crazy and, and, and destructive and that's bad. And, yeah, you know, she was a character I was grew up being very fond of. I you know, I was reading the reprints, Marvel Triple Action reprints of early Avengers story that do predate my my reading day of you starting with issue sixteen when they replaced the the team of all the heavy hitters with Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and, and Hawkeye. You know who were all villains at that point. Uh, it was a major changeup in the Avengers. It was Cap's Kooky quartet, and the three of them being led by Cap. And to this day, those are some of my favorite classic Avenger story. They are dated and they read like Silver Age comics, but there's something about them I love, and I those three characters, in particular characters, I have a tremendous fondness for because of that. And I, it just... That level of power, it's like no one knows what to do with Wanda other than making her crazy. And yes, I I blame Bendis, but that's that's all other fanboy thing.
4: So, <laughs> 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 like... Sort of generic Marvel question, like, is I feel like especially with female characters, there are male characters that do this, but like especially female characters, there's an overwhelming well, trend of like seems like an overwhelming theme to me of like you only get to have power if you're traumatized
3: yeah Yeah. oh yeah that 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 seems to be the standard origin of most superheroes i mean that's baked into it Mm -hmm. uh i feel like it's foregrounded less
4: with some of the male characters i guess is what like at least at least based off of my my observation
0: there's more options for male characters so it's probably less less noticeable less noticeable um there are certainly i mean there's if you i don't want to make this a comic book show there are certainly lots of overwhelmingly powerful male characters where this happens. Um Cyclops probably being one that you would know the name of, but there are yeah. others as well. Um, um, and, and it's more the issue that I, I think what ends up happening is it's hard to write a story in comics where, where you have yeah. a member of your, of your team, who literally is a God, you have to take that person off the table in order to make every other story interesting. Right? Like you can't have oh, Wanda right. hanging around the Avengers now because she can snap her f- fingers and create or destroy life. So therefore, why do we need Spider-Man? We don't, right? Like, yeah, that's right. the that, There's yeah. an imbalance. And I think that there's this push to try to make strong female characters with scare quotes around them by just making her physically the strongest you know like she is literally she literally there's a line in in WandaVision of oh you're more powerful than the sorcerer supreme now and it's like okay what well, that that's why I find I find that uninteresting. Not because she's female. I find a character of godlike power uninteresting. So well, they yeah. want, yeah. I so mean, they, uh, so so there's a little bit of that going on.
5: But yeah, I was thinking about um, to what extent we think the show because you brought up kind of a moral perspective on this, Wayne. Like, is the show warning against the unintentional consequences, the unintentional harm that you can do to others? By entering into your own quote unquote bubble, your own echo chamber, your own whatever it may be. Right. Mm -hmm. So Wanda's Mm -hmm. actions here, her this is an extreme manifestation of what happens when you don't face your traumatic experiences head on. And and they really nail that point down in episode eight when agatha is as my friend referred to her the mean therapist to wanda
1: and That's the,
5: best. the uh what i referred to as like the the sassy ghost of christmas past to be like hey you know only way forward is back like you have to face your truth and monica says that in the show as well right like i have to accept my truth right so what i love about superhero stories so much is that they take this um they take these very real human issues and they create these fantastical extremely dialed up um iterations, uh, manifestations of what that would be, right? So, um for Wanda, it's okay, I am so sad, understandably. We see that pain in episode 8 and unintentionally her she creates this thing. And um and and at first I I would also have a little bit of a concern of like, oh man, is this just the typical like woman can't control her emotions and it creates this thing, but I felt a little bit better when I compared it to Hulk because Hulk also has that Mm -hmm. situation of like his emotions get out of control and things happen. So anyway, so unintentional consequences are that, you know, she takes over this town and and the people there are feeling this grief as well. You know, where she becomes uh, complacent, like where she becomes uh, actively not okay here is the fact that she, once she realizes what she done, she's done, she keeps it going. And that's the, that's the moral issue. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I do think too, To a little bit of the credit of the finale, I guess if anything, it does kind of bring back, okay, she decides that she is going to make the sacrifice of, hey, you know, again, I've entered into my safety net. I've entered into my comfort blanket, my echo chamber, whatever it may be. And I'm going to make the sacrifice of the comfort in the world I've created here so that these other people don't have to be um, hurt anymore. So I, I guess I was just wondering, like, where like is this the show making a commentary on our current world situation of of um escapism or of you know like creating these own bubbles for ourselves and the unintentional harm that that causes
4: yes (laughs)
0: whether it meant to or not it did
3: yeah i I concur
0: I, I, I think it does. I mean, and I think maybe that ties into the whole thing we were talking about before with the, you know, with the creating our own, you know, safe space through media, right? That's like what yeah. we do with television, right? right. We, and, and I mean, I mean, both things like only watching the news network we want to, as well as, you know, I want to feel good about me. We've been in this pandemic for a year now, right? How often have I said, I cannot watch it news anymore. I'm 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 going to watch The Office. Right. Um, the Office is pleasant, you know. I'm just gonna just gonna yeah. pull up The Office and or Community. You know, we my, my wife I mean, and we, I watched we, all we, of Community. Yeah, I mean, we've done a <laughs> couple of
3: episodes on how the fuck do we escape this? <laughs>
1: yeah, we've yeah. done. Yeah, oh, right, right. There's we're in, about to do it again. The, but I
4: think that yeah, like, yeah you know, we're about to, to do it to, again,
3: right? Like to
4: complicate that a little bit, though, I think that the it's it's hard to draw like a one to one analogy there because like like yeah. When I and escape I, into like a video game, I'm not dragging 20 plus like up to like, you know, what is it? How many people in the town? Like thousands with me. Like, like I would I would actually if, if there if there is like a closer analogy in my mind, it's closer to like more like algorithmic bubbles that we experience through like Facebook, Facebook. Social, mm-hmm. and social media that way. Yeah. Because like to like, me, it's like escaping into a TV show is one thing because it's. You it's an interaction between you and whatever the media object is, mm-hmm. and like yes, there 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 can be like extreme versions of that that are really upsetting. Um, um, like that's abs. That, no, I'm not denying this kind not a thing, but I, like, like the, the idea, idea of like idea where, of- where where she's involving other people, it's more like if you, I mean this is also not a one to one analogy, but it's more like if Wanda was Q. No, yeah, I, <laughs> I, thought yeah, I thought you were going to yeah, say yeah, Wanda was
2: Mark that, Zuckerberg. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's <laughs> no,
1: sure. But, that, that, yeah, but
2: that's, I think
3: that's that might exactly be a better analogy. That, yeah. yeah. But no, I think the QAnon is is right. We have people creating this "quote unquote" reality, putting it and dragging other people into it. Now you know it's it's willing. It's not you coercive in is the it? same way that her powers are. Well, is I mean, it's, well, well
0: you know, so, you know, here's, here's, here's what here's what I'm wondering because I mean,
3: people people who post that stuff are certainly trying to convince others. They're trying to be coercive. No, well,
0: well sure, but, but I mean, but they're but I'm, I mean, I'm gonna psychoanalyze. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Tara's point and go further. Right? This is this is trauma. Right? The people who are susceptible to and trying and again, if you if you follow me on, especially on Facebook, there's no shortage of idiots who argue with me this sorts of nonsense, sort of nonsense. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I get it. But like it's not i don't mean know. Q him or her or itself right, right. i mean yeah. like i mean the random people who are who are empowering q by spreading this stuff mm-hmm. they're they're mostly not doing it maliciously they're dealing with trauma imagine though it may be right mm-hmm. but they're dealing with something that scares them and this is their escape so they have found a fictional reality that they think that makes them feel better because they believe that Donald Trump is some space messiah right. built, you know, sit down to save them all by keeping out the scary Mexican rapists. I mean, it's it's completely illogical, but it is a but it is this fiction that they are tell they are telling themselves? They share it because it makes them feel better. They've constructed a reality, and and,
4: and importantly, they do not it, perceive it as fiction. They right, right. 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 Does, I mean, even though Neither Wanda. Right, 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 this is one of the things I think the show does really well, well is it like performs, like she like the, the show performs like the weird contradiction mm-hmm. of immersive media because like she is, she is consciously un- aware at a, like at, at a certain point, like, maybe initially she's not doesn't totally get what's going on, but she becomes consciously aware that she is living in a fantasy, but it is also so like like in a practical sense real to her that mm-hmm. in the sense of like I mean I distinguish all the time between re- real as like what actually exists versus real as what is meaningful the second category it absolutely is real. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is the ultimate, she is in the ultimate construction of right. personal meaning.
0: And because she has power, it matters, right? Like, right, like right. you, you want to say, okay, it doesn't matter if she's, if she's just one random woman who's lost her family and, and retreats into um, uh, you know, a, a psychological prison, then who cares? We put her in, you know, we, we put her in a hospital, a mental health, health hospital, and we hope for the best. Right. But she has power and it affects other people. But mm-hmm. my my extension would be at the point at which you're doing something like QAnon. It is maybe it's not one person. But it's, it's you know that's the aggregation
4: of power. I mean that's and what that, that, that that's power also matters. even, a, even in a reality. positive way. Mm-hmm. Even in a positive way, that's how cultural reality is constructed. Cultural reality well, right. I mean when we talk about things like hegem like like hegemonic culture, hegemonic power, like mm-hmm. it's just basically the majority believes X, X, therefore X becomes functionally real regardless yeah. of whether or not it's an accurate representation of reality, right. enter white supremacy and how we get the capital riots anyway. But, also,
0: but, 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 but to your point, also enter black lives matter or the me too movement, right? It only Absolutely. works because it became mm-hmm. this cultural thing that, I mean, I mean me too worked at all because enough people believed that if they told their story it would matter said me too it would matter and it's it's an aggregate of power right but at the end of the day it's just a bunch of people typing typing two paragraphs of their own personal trauma online it was the aggregate of that power that mattered, right Mm -hmm.
1: i i do
2: actually have a question for katya specifically yo so i thought of you As episode eight um, began, because it began with a Salem witch trial flashback with Agatha's, (sighs) like, origin story. And also she has bunnies that she carries around. And I thought... I want to know your thoughts. That is literally, that's so, literally it. Okay, So this, is, <laughs> this why is
4: why I love this this show a lot, actually. So for those of for listeners who have not heard me uh, expotic about my dissertation previously, I, I wrote, it, wrote it in my uh, PhD. My dissertation was on virtual reality starting in the 1690s with the Salem Witchcraft Trials. That is a different episode to go into why the hell that works. Um, But I think it's so, but I will talk about it really briefly in the sense that I find it fascinating that a TV show that is basically about Wanda constructing her own reality and the boundaries between like what I was talking about earlier between like reality is what is objectively real concrete exists versus what is meaningful and feels substantive. And like the way that those two things like are both legitimate in their own ways and really complicated and sometimes conflict with each other. Um, um, I don't know the witchcraft thing I, I kind of this is what I hope later, later on they deal more with like the mechanics of witchcraft in the MCU universe, because I find this fascinating because fundamentally like witchcraft is also basically per, like in many and many of the its iterations was persecuting people, specifically women who challenged what was real. So, for example, mm-hmm. in like the Puritan conception of witchcraft. Part of what their belief was, is that basically what allowed witchcraft to happen was that witches could basically act in the divine space, which to them was a real like physical space in a way that morals weren't supposed to be able to do so basically witches could pretend to be gods Uh, by basically shaping reality in ways that they weren't supposed to be able to do which is exactly Mm -hmm. what wanda's doing Mm
0: -hmm. um i got to mention that in in one throwaway line and that's it she does say this is men not being able to deal with women who who can she does say that in literally in one line and then never mentions it again
4: yeah it's a gender But it's also like what happens when you like and this is part of like why I think about virtual reality and why I think it's it's important to look back historically, even if it's not as a technology is because what happens happens when you acknowledge that reality is just not reality as human beings experience it goes beyond awesome. what physically exists like when you acknowledge no, that reality no, itself is not obje- objective in most points in history people that terrifies people like there have been riots I, about it i mean they say like, arguably the salem witchcraft trials as well as many other witchcraft trials were about no, like, like the idea that we don't understand reality is horrifying and particular, and, the, and then on top of that the idea that we could actively change it is even more terrifying. And some and people respond to that as like, okay, well, that means that we have control and therefore we can change things. So there's, there's, there's possibility stuff. there. And then for other people, it's like, no, that's horrifying because we're just going to break it. I mean, even if you, to bring it to like a, a, a real world example, like think about wow. the way people re- respond to narratives about climate change, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the idea, idea that you do. can acknowledge, oh. I mean, take religious, like take religious belief in God out of it, although that's definitely part of it, like, like once you acknowledge that human beings can affect the entire trajectory of the planet, you have mm-hmm. one of two responses. One is you're like, okay, something's wrong. We now need to like mobilize en masse to fix it. And then you become a climate change activist.
2: Or you are like,
4: no, that is a horrifying prospect because how could we possibly deal with a problem that big? I'm going to deny that this is happening because I cannot process it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my initial response. At some point, like, if, if listeners are interested in hearing more, about the weird like the, the reality thing I don't want to get completely derail this episode but, but I think Wanda like WandaVision more than most of their TV shows I think does a really yeah. good job um, of like acknowledging that subjective parts of reality are equally real because you see so, Wanda her relationship with her family yes they're not physically real in the way that we think of objective reality but they are absolutely real in a subjective sense in a subjective sense in the sense of they add meaning to her existence yeah. It also I mean it, it also goes to the idea that like culture is part of reality. We often distinguish reality and culture as if culture is this made up thing. Culture is made up but but part of my point is reality is partially made up we make mm-hmm. it up because we decide how we articulate reality i mean to go back to q anon thing yeah. like to the to, to that community i mean that is real mm-hmm. you know in the same way that for matters
1: pur- yeah. 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 yeah yeah in the same way that for puritans
4: for puritans witchcraft was real it was the best explanation they had mm-hmm. for the things going on around them yes it killed people but that's part of the point mm-hmm. like what you believe about the world what you believe to be real kills people sometimes
0: and then rolling that back into the show, this is this is exactly the problem with what's what I was getting at with the QAnon stuff. This is the problem for Wanda. Right. Like, because, you know, she has the ability to she doesn't need consensus. She has the power to make manifest her belief and her trauma all by herself. Right. And so that's kind of what makes her stronger. She can enforce consensus, right, right, and she does, which is terrifying. Yeah, Yeah.
2: just a a consensus sounds reasonably. So a lot like consent, and just there's a whole lot of consent issues there that like still trouble Mm -hmm. me. We talked a little bit about the super sex episode. We didn't have all the information, but. I'm still quite uncomfortable with with Wanda and like lack of consent. And we we've already Mm -hmm. like mentioned this like a billion times since 2021 began. But what is it with all these narratives where women are like exerting their power over people and they are the like. Um, like you know, they're they're they are the ones violating consent in extremely disturbing Mm ways. Uh, yeah,
4: yeah, see, I think we have a hard time telling a different story about power.
2: Yeah, yeah. See, also Wonder Woman,
0: yeah, well, Wonder Woman was just a straight up rape, it wasn't about power, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: But, but I think part of it is because we struggle to tell a different story about power, and I think it's more Mm -hmm. glaringly obvious when it's about women wielding power because we are not trained to see women in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, 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 I'm I, like, I'm, I'm sure that everyone else in the episode could probably pull up better examples than I can from like Marvel, the Marvel Universe particularly. But like, like those stories also care with male characters, but, but they don't, don't immediately. At least I, I have I, noticed myself, like I don't immediately I don't, find them just like as uncomfortable mm-hmm. because it's it's normalized. Right.
5: It relates a lot to how people are responding to the movie. I care a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, just I in, think you. I, I mean, I just think you. I don't. Like, I don't think you said you can't think of something, Katya. I think you're just because it's accurate. That's well, yes, I mean, you're I, right. I, I, the, <laughs> the
3: the example comes up with me in in Jessica Jones, the the Purple Man, you know Kilgrave. Mm-hmm. He he's exerting his control over, over other people. He's making them do things against their will. Exactly what Wanda's doing.
4: Mm-hmm. Isn't the fact- a, I, I realize that this exists for everything, but like the fact that there is a internet subculture that thinks that Kilgrave is like unbelievably sexy horrifies me. also <laughs> Frollo, like he has a fan club. Like, like yeah. this is literally like, like a sociopathic <laughs> rapist, guys. Like, also, like
2: yeah, no, this, this is like a thing on the internet. Like, they they pick characters like this, like Frollo from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's so weird. I just, I usually, I, I. Don't comment on people's fan choices, but this one, no.
0: Thanos also. There, there are a lot yeah. of sexy Thanos memes. It's, it's a thing.
1: Mm. <laughs> Go read, Mal yeah, because
2: genocide on. is
4: hot. 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 You, okay, guys, <laughs> eugenics bad. Eugenics yeah. bad. Yes, you know this. Now that we've had our wonderful discussion of the boundaries of reality, yeah. uh, unfortunately, Katya has to disintegrate because of the time space continuum and reasons. uh but I will talk to y'all later and I'm excited to hear the rest of this episode. Cause what a vision is great. I
1: love it. <laughs> Finale notwithstanding.
3: Thanks.
0: Bye.
1: Keep talking. Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Well, so I mean, there were a few other things cause, um, uh, we had a, we had a couple of comments and um, well, let's well, we'll start with the one that it's not on the blog because it's, it's, it's Hannah's. So, Hannah, this is I, I've seen these think pieces as well, but you you had some questions about it. So why don't you okay. ask them?
2: Well, basically, um, what I the most like the largest critique I've seen of WandaVision on Twitter where I'm not really um, but <laughs> sometimes hang out is that people were very like interested in discussing or wanting to know why Wanda was portrayed um, in the MCU as a white European woman when like her heritage in the comics has been Romani and also that um, her parents are Holocaust survivors, depending on, on like the narrative. So, mm-hmm. you know, they they were troubled by some of like the allusions um, to that or the ignoring of that. Um mm-hmm. So I basically, um, as someone who, again, like has not followed the character um, very well since his inception, I said, hey, May, uh, Wayne and Mav, um, <laughs> what what are your thoughts? And,
3: and, and, and Mav beat me to it. He pretty much said exactly your response to Hannah was.
0: So, yeah, the, the accusation was, well, this is yet another version of whitewashing. Right. And I, and my problem with that is complicated. I mean, it is maybe, but maybe not because in the case of Wanda and Pietro, their, you know, their, their heritage and history is what I would call multiple choice in in, throughout the comics. Um, and I just, I gave a brief rundown. We have a, in, in our chat that we, we go back, back and forth on, but, um, um, and I, and I, um, found another one or, or Anna Papard, you know, friend of our show and, you know, host of my other podcast. Um, She sent me a link to just someone had done the timeline. It's ridiculous. They, what their nationality is and who their parents are, have flipped back and forth so many times, but like, My, my, my brief thing was Magneto first appears in X-Men in 1963. Wanda and Pietro are introduced as his lackeys in 1964. Then as Wayne alluded to earlier, they suddenly become Avengers in 1965. Throughout the sixties and seventies, they flip flop back and forth as to who their parents are several times. They're vaguely European or maybe they're American for several years their parents were um two golden Age American superheroes named the wizard and Miss America um wow. so that those were their parents probably when Wayne was growing up like when you're yeah. reading comics yeah that, I remember that's that. the pro-
3: yeah I remember that story mm-hmm. overtly I guess that was a storyline I was very invested in when I was 12 or whatever
1: yeah you know?
0: mm-hmm. and then like by the time I'm reading comics that's still true but there's this revelation um, um in in a 1982 limited series called Vision and Scarlet Witch there's this revelation that um secretly all along Magneto was um was but- their parents which, uh, which, yeah, father. Which,
3: which narratively makes far more sense <laughs> given the history than anything we'd seen before, right?
0: right. But like, you really, know. I'm pretty sure they just decide this purely based yeah. on the yeah. fact that Pietro and, and Magneto have both had white hair. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. yeah. There was no good reason for it. They yeah. just said it all of a sudden. Um, um and, and and at the same time in 1982. You start doing these stories where Chris Claremont, who's writing X-Men at this time, um, um starts writing um uh, stories about how implying, implying never out and out saying, but implying that um Magneto is a Holocaust survivor, particularly in um in his in his nineteen eighties comics and his um graphic okay. novel Um God Love's Man Kills, which came out in in eighty two, I think. Um, um and yeah. there, you know, it's heavily implied that he's Holocaust survivor. He talks about it a lot. He says, you know, I, you know, this is just like my childhood, except for this time it's the mutants. instead of the Jews, he says something like that. Um, but it's not a big deal. It just sort of Claremont intended it for, for him to be Jewish, but it was sort of backstory. Um, and then that goes on for a while. Claremont wrote that story. The The Magneto is, is Wanda and Pietro's father story is written by Bill Mantlo. And if you're reading both books, it's very clear clear. that Mantlo Mantlo. and Claremont are not talking to each other about this at all. It's just two arbitrary decisions that were made by two separate writers, completely unconnected. Um, Um, And then you fast forward a while. And by the time the X-Men movie comes out in um, 2000, that's when the, the, that movie explicitly shows Magneto growing up in a concentration camp. So it's like, yes, he is Jewish. He is a Holocaust survivor. So that's when they roll it back into the comics and they start making it explicitly that Magneto was a Jewish man, but it was never part of Wanda's story. It was, you know, she is his daughter, but she wasn't raised by him. So if she is half Jewish um, and half Romani, She's adopted regardless and not raised by either family. So she's got no cultural awareness of it. She's drawn as just a random white woman. And it has flipped back and forth so many times that she you're not raised, even sure of any of that. She was raised by an anthropomorphic then, cow. Yeah she's, yeah, she's raised by a cow, cow. believe yeah. it or not. in <laughs> um, Her and Pietro, which is even weirder. um Um, and then in 2014 marvel just undoes all of that and says by the way magneto was was never their parent um we don't know who is this was all yeah this was all a lie we don't know who is and this was not for any race reason so much as it was a a rights issue over movie rights they just undid undid it it because because the the fox Fox owned the x-men movies and then then now for and then like 2019, or no, 2019 or 20, Disney buys Fox. So now Disney has the rights to the character, to the mutants again. So it's completely unclear. Um, and I don't know that it's whitewashing because for all of his other problems that we are not getting into in this episode, Joss Whedon grew up reading. Joss Whedon is roughly Wayne's age. So when he grew up reading comics, they were absolutely the children of the wizard and and, and Miss America adopted so he would have grown up with characters who are white that's who he would have remembered from when from his childhood because and there's been so many different variations there's just no way for him to have have done one that was true so that didn't really bother me i think it could have been interesting but i also think lizzie olsen olsen is amazing at this role so
2: and and i I have more of a
5: missed opportunity than a active whitewashing it seems yeah. And,
2: and a question. Has there ever mm-hmm. been like a person of color or even like a female writer like write um, Scarlet Witch in the comics that we, <sighs> that you think of? Or is it just sort of, yes. uh, you know, dudes?
0: There have been. Oh, cool. Um, not, not, not for any notable uh, right. like, runs or anything like that, but on occasion, sure. Um, but not, but yeah, she's, in, in all honesty, there's no. Definitive run for Wanda in the comics that I can think of, like the the most notable thing that that's ever happened to her that has been interesting is probably this this show we just watched. I honestly, she's not yeah. you know yeah. a, it's a, a lot of it's it's an interesting idea for a character, but she's but, so vaguely defined that most of her comics run has been bad <laughs> for lack of a better <laughs> way to mm-hmm. say it. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I know, I, I, know I, think,
3: like, I, I think some of it has been. I mean, for the longest time, her powers were poorly defined. I mean, when I, when I was reading those Caps Cookie Quartet Avengers, she had hex powers, which meant she pointed her finger and weird shit happened. And it could be kind of anything, which I guess is where that reality shaping right. stuff came later.
0: It was whatever they needed to happen in that issue. She could just do.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, and they later defined it as probability changing. Like, you know, her mutant power was to change probability. So that's what made these these world changes, these things that changed the world around her. And then eventually she was trained in actual magic by Agatha Harkness. Um, and
0: Doctor Strange, and, depending
3: on different things. And, yes. and and now she has the power to completely change reality. So, you yes. know. Um
2: Although I yeah, I guess we could at least say in terms of her backstory or just like the this issue we we all could do with some more like understanding of like portrayals of, like, the Romani on screen and in Mm -hmm. other mediums. Uh, Because, honestly, like, I have been um, ignorant to some of these issues for years. I didn't actually realize, like, that a lot of people, like, found this to be a problem, um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people, um, do not know that there is a common word, um, that is actually a slur used to describe the Romani. They don't realize Mm -hmm. that the G word is a slur, and I, honestly, I didn't for a long time either.
0: Well, that's what she was, I mean... She was originally well, when they were, originally she was just vaguely European, like I said, once they decided she was Romani, they didn't decide she was Romani. They decided she was gypsy at first, which is what you're going for. Mm. And then yes. it became Romani later once they found out right. <laughs> like it was right. it yeah. was really not.
3: Yeah, And, and you know, <laughs> Avengers in the 90s, when George Perez was was drawing the book, he redesigned her and the costume was absolutely a take on very classic slash cliche images of that.
0: Yes. Yeah. It was the, and yeah. the, you know, the hot topic version that you find on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of her costumes are sexy. You know, gypsy, are, yeah, yeah. sexy. yeah.
2: Yeah. That's I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, um just, you know, there, there's a long like history of that, like including in the 19th century. Um,
0: so we had some other questions that, you know, just, I just want to address from, you know, from the comments, um, John Dorowski, our very first guest ever, he mentioned um, a couple of things. First off, he said, is there anything better than vision and a turtleneck? Uh, I know we just all agree, right? That was, that's awesome. Um, But he also said, um, he likes the storytelling nature of the show. Unlike Disney's other, uh, big success, the Mandalorian WandaVision isn't really episodic in that you could just pull out an episode and enjoy the story. What is driving the show is the bigger narrative. And I find myself watching mostly for clues rather than each episode's story. This was especially true of the early episodes where they um, hewed closely to the sitcom format but many of the jokes did not land, which itself brings up a question of intentionality was the fact that the jokes didn't work together. Another clue that there was something fundamentally wrong in Westview, or was it that the creators couldn't decide whether to celebrate or satirize sitcoms resulting in dissonant messaging messaging, watching the show for clues, both obvious and subtle to the grand narrative means that if the resolution is not satisfying, it will retroactively cast a shadow over the whole series. Since the clues are often references to stories in comic books, there is also a question of accessibility. At what point do the references, some of which are central to the story become a barrier to enjoyment rather than a feature. While I pick up many of the references, other members of my family, not steeped in comic book lore have been puzzled about them and need to ask for clarification, meaning that they are lost rather than enjoying the episode in the moment of viewing. And that's, I think Tara, that you're perfect for this because you don't know any of it, right? Like you, you're just, you're only your, your clues are all from a deep dive across all the movies. But you're never going to be confused by or even care about, oh, okay. look, she named the kids Tommy and Billy. That means something because you wouldn't have known who they were until they showed up.
5: Yeah. So to be fair, being part of the, I guess, larger creator community of of content around the MCU, Mm. I do get. Uh, drawn into some of the conversations that include comics stuff. So, something like uh, through osmosis, I mm-hmm. knew who Billy and Tommy were and that they were coming. And I knew who Agatha Harkness was just through os- osmosis of the conversations that were happening around WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, that's something that, you know, kind of I talked to you earlier this idea of this show serving as an entry point for some people into the larger MCU to say, "Ha, huh, th- who is this Ultron guy? Maybe I should go watch that movie or whatever for better or worse. Um, (laughs) but for me, it's, it's been, it's been that, oh, wow, that's really fascinating. So I can listen to podcasts or read stuff online about Agatha Harkness in the comics or Wiccan and Speed in the comics and be intrigued by it. And it encourages me to go ahead and pick up some of those comics at some point as well. Mm -hmm. Again, to reiterate, I'm a little bit intimidated by the entire world of the comics just because there is so much content out Mm -hmm. there. But I, I do think it's interesting that, uh, You know, those little things um, that are references within the show, I, I... I was still getting satisfaction out of it more kind of after the fact mm-hmm. doing the doing the reading and, and um, engaging in that fan community online. Yeah.
3: I mean, mm-hmm. some of the Easter eggs are just that. I mean, in one of the early yeah. episodes when she's at the grocery store, you know, there's a poster at the store with, you know, advertising milk and there's a picture of a cow. I'm like, yeah, that's Bova. That's the the, 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 the cow, the cow lady, <laughs> you know, yep. and it's just like, OK, that that's a nice little Easter egg. This means nothing for this show. Uh, And that's the Grim Reaper's Reaper's
0: helmets hidden in an episode. You don't know. You don't need to know who it is. It's it's just there in case you're a comic book fan and I'm okay with Easter eggs like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I still maintain my stance that you do not have to read a single comic book or watch a single movie to understand the basics of, I mean, of course you might not notice like these Easter eggs, but also you probably don't care about them. Right. Yes. You're not someone like Mav or Wayne. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I have I one exception. To- I, I, I do have one exception to that, um, which was um, cause I wanted to, you know, that's why I picked this letter. Um, Um, I wanted to dovetail into it a little bit. I I thought, thought, uh, and I don't know if anything's going to happen about this. Like we we were talking earlier, you know, maybe we'll see Darcy again. Maybe we won't, but at least, you know, know, there's unfulfilling bits of her story. I want to know, Uh, you know, maybe we'll see Jimmy again. Maybe we won't. Um, um, I imagine they were popular enough. We will. I don't know if we're going to see fake Pietro again. And that irritates me because I I felt felt that 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 was problematically done not Mm -hmm. just because I, you know, I know who Evan Peters is. I know who Evan Peters is. I know, you know, I have external information from, you know, intertextual connections to the other X-Men universe, right? I know who that character is. And I felt like they went out of their way to not just make it an Easter egg to set up a mystery with no payoff. And I felt like they were just calling me stupid as a viewer. Um, And this is, and this is different from, like, they, I, I saw a lot of fans who were like, oh, Mephisto's coming, and I and then, I mean, I remember talking to you, Wayne, about this. I knew I, Mephisto wasn't coming from episode one. I was yeah. like, no, no, this is stupid, because in, in every episode that we got further, like, I saw people saying, oh, we're gonna find out about Mephisto or Kathan yep. in episode yeah. nine on episode eight, and I'm like, my wife is watching this show. My wife's seen, like, five MCU movies. She's read, like, a dozen <laughs> comic books in her life, and she's enjoying this show, And and, I, and if you just... In the in the literal ninth hour, you know, if you on the ninth episode, you suddenly just drop the devil incarnate in. Then I can never make her watch an MCU thing again. Like you can't do that. Right. Because it because it, that would be bad storytelling. You only want this because, you know, comic book lore. And I don't want the show to rely on comic book lore. So I didn't I was never expecting that. I was never expecting necessarily a Benedict Cumberbatch cameo for Doctor Strange. But when the show goes out of its way to create a mystery around Pietro who suddenly is back from the dead, who they go out of their way to say, they don't just like bring in another guy. They bring in a guy who looks different and they cast the actor that played him in another movie. Like you're, you're working to make me ask questions and then for the last episode to say, Yeah, yeah. this was there's no question. We just decided I, to screw with you. That annoyed me. It annoyed uh, me as a viewer and it was I the thought, only time.
2: I had a different I had a different take on that, which I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. But like, I think that they were more interested in like doing a payoff that was specifically for the show because they like they mentioned like Ralph and all the jokes, which I'll get back to that in a second. But mm-hmm. like they like you in episode seven, like um there there are these like hints about like is he like um coming like is he like from like. Like, Hayward, has he, like, been there to, like, mess with Wanda? That's, like, kind of the first hint you get that, like, she's not controlling everything because she's like, I didn't do this, and Vision doesn't believe her, but I actually believed her. And then you realize that it's Agnes, and he, like, you know, um, he comes up behind um, Monica at the end of episode seven, and that's a thread that gets pulled together in episode nine, and then we discover that Ralph actually exists. What bothered me more... Uh, like, cause I, I was like, oh, Ralph, isn't just like a sitcom joke. He actually like is a person like living in Agatha's home, but bothered me more is like all the jokes Agatha made. And I'm like, I can't tell, like if you were just joking, because these were like, you know, innuendo jokes that fit like the sitcom thing, or if it's just another example of once again, like weird women consent control issues, um, but also a lot of people I know are upset because they basically used him for a boner joke. So I understand.
0: Yeah, to me I read I read it as Agatha's just joking. She knows the sitcom formula. I don't think she's really living in mar- you know, living married yeah. to this guy. I think he's just part of the joke and I don't care. Like I I didn't need there to be a real Ralph because Agatha is aware of the sitcom logic, right? Like she could have just done it because that's what the crate, the kooky neighbor is supposed to do. Right. I So fine. I didn't need that. And I didn't. And, and like, like if you just cast Evan Peters to play the new Quicksilver and said he was Aaron Taylor, that would have been fine. Like it's literally, it's only toying with the emotions of the audience. And that irritates me When writers do that, if you're going to have a swerve, if you're going to have, if you're going to do something clever and you do something with it, um, knives Knives out Out. knives out is a brilliant movie. That is all Mm -hmm. about taking my expectations as someone who has seen a bajillion, um, a bajillion uh, mystery movies and books in my life and making me like make assumptions based on them. And then doing a twist to bring me to some satisfying conclusion. They didn't do that here. They relied on me knowing how movies work and having comic book knowledge and having, you know, MCU knowledge. And then they said, and the twist is doesn't matter. Fuck you. And that, ir- that irritates me. It irritates me as a fan because it's lazy writing.
2: Eh, I think I think I think eh. they did this. I think they did this um, well with with better results with Guardians of the Galaxy, two, because yes. like they, what they did in all the press is they were like, oh, let's talk about the new villain Ayesha, And like, I cared just enough about Guardians of the Galaxy 2000 like oh yeah she's like the major villain and i believe them and then of course there's a twist and she's not actually the major villain and it's a like surprise because they use the fan knowledge against you so i think Mm -hmm. what they were trying to do in this and again i'm not saying like it worked i think they weren't actually trying to like make you mad i think they were trying to use your like fans like major fans expectations against them so they would get a surprise The surprise did not perhaps pay off in a way that any of us Mm -hmm. enjoyed. um, If that makes sense. If if, if that, if that explanation of what I'm trying to say makes sense.
0: And in a lesser show, it wouldn't have bothered me. It's because this was so good, right? If If Inhumans makes a stupid decision like this, eh, whatever.
1: Well, <laughs> I know, forgot Inhumans that, that existed. I forgot that
2: that was a show. Right, you know, <laughs>
0: was a made day about so halfway about through the run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inhumans is is awful, right? In, in so many ways. So whatever. But when that for me was the biggest misstep of this show, and it was the thing that I actively hated, as opposed to like, like there was a lot that happened in episode nine that I didn't care about. I'm like, okay, they're doing an MCU thing. Um, This is neat, I guess that that was the one thing where I was like, you just pulled me out of the show. You made you made me feel like I wasted time. Like, I don't care care. if there's a like if I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's my theory on how this is going to happen? Who is behind the bubble? Um, Is it I think maybe Agatha is behind the bubble? Nope. it, It really was Wanda. That's fine, because there's an answer to you've given me a fulfilling answer to the question. And I don't mind being wrong. But if you make me waste my time for eight weeks on a question. That you have no intention of answering. Well,
3: well, and part of it was that reveal mm-hmm. when 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 he showed up at the door. There was the whole there's the meta thing of you know, the the sitcom, you know, Darren Stevens thing of they've recast him. The fact mm-hmm. it was this person who has played Quicksilver from, from another universe. We all know the next Doctor Strange movies is you know, about the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Like there was a better story to tell given that reveal and they didn't mm-hmm. tell it.
0: It, it or come up with us with an even better story that's not the one that I'm thinking of right yeah like yeah, um, the right. spider-man yeah. movie yeah. spider-man far, spider-man um far from home that was not the story you know I was like oh okay they're gonna do the multi no, multiverse story with mysterio that's a choice I guess and, yeah. and we and we had all these all fan the- theories and that's not what it was but they had a different story there was mm-hmm. a story there I love that movie I thought that movie was great um, um and and, and yeah. when you and yeah. if you're going to do the if you're going 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 to do the he 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 tag, then you do what they did with J.K. Simmons in there. It's like, look, we're bringing the same guy in. Think about that, right? That's interesting. Mm -hmm. But when you when you, I expect
3: a payoff with that. Which is agreed right. with with Quicksilver,
0: and and I didn't get one. I mm. got a payoff of a loan of a of a very lame dick joke. Like that was <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? I don't. I don't care.
2: I've gone. I've gone punchy. Um. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, we've we'll probably resolved nothing here at this point. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I, it's interesting to
5: hear your takes on it. I I wasn't angered by it. I I think that it's. Although I would say that I was disappointed. I was kind of like oh. All right. I I kind of wanted him to be an entryway into the multiverse and and to connect to Fox universe Pietro. But when he didn't, I was like, all right, they didn't go in that direction. But it is interesting to hear your take on it, Matt, because we 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 can't ignore the, the people who are pulling the strings in terms of the writing and the directing and those conscious decisions that they made to fake fans out or to maybe lean into that week to week speculation stuff that they knew was going to happen. Ultimately, I think the week-to-week format for this show served it very well, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I think that that's been, it's been a really interesting singular January 2021 experience, um, <laughs> and like I said, it, this the show and the week-to-week experience has transcended generations and really speaks to the zeitgeist of of what's going on right now and in, in interesting ways. Um, But yeah, you have me thinking about it a little bit more now because I I took it less as like a fuck you and more as a eh, that's kind of disappointing, but uh, it's interesting.
0: And I probably wouldn't be bothered by it as much if it weren't the only thing that I didn't like in nine solid weeks of television. Because it has been so tight, right?
5: The writing has been so intentional, Mm -hmm. so intentional. I
0: love this show. So this one, like to me, it's like this. There's this one thing which is an absolute stinker. We haven't even talked about like Every time there's a new marvel thing that comes out, you know you'll you guys recall this um every time there's a new marvel thing comes out, I hear people saying. Oh, well, that should win all the awards this year. Like, I remember when we talked about when Black Panther came out and people were like, how is Chadwick Boseman not nominated for an Oscar for this? And I was like, well, he's he's OK in it. I mean, he's really good. And it was like, well, he's clearly the best performance of the year. And I was like, no, I've seen other movies that aren't superhero movies. You can't, you, you know, Um, and then people have given I've seen people like say Lizzie Olson deserves like um, Emmy buzz for this. And yeah, kind of, she was real good. <laughs> she, she, like I she watch a lot of TV and yeah, yeah, she kind of does. She was excellent in this. Uh, uh, Catherine Han was excellent in this. Yeah. Um, uh, Paul Bettany was excellent in this. And then there were little bits that, you know, people who like my favorite character, like ongoing in, in the show was Monica. I yeah. thought that she, like, like I, 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 I thought Tayona, Tayona Paris worked her ass off doing so much and telling me so much story that I am intrigued with, by on, you know, just in subplots. You know, she, you mm-hmm. know, she gets one episode to herself, but most of it is like subplots. Um, um and I, I just loved it. I loved watching my favorite scene. Is the reintegration scene where you see the reverse blip? That was amazing. I, you so know, and I, so yeah, so I right. love that about her. Um, and, and then I, I loved watching. I mean, I'm I'm very much on the team of people who want there to be a, a reboot of the X Files starring Darcy and Wu. I think that would be great, <laughs> like, right? <yes. laughs> like, like, I will watch the show. Please make that happen. But my singular favorite performance in the entire show, and this is a testament to how good it is. Is and I don't even know the actor's name because he not He he's so small. The part of Norm, um, yeah. Vision's co-worker Norm, in the one scene where Vi, where Vision first starts really figuring out that something's wrong, and they're at you know he's at work and he lays his heads on, hands on the side of Norm's head, wakes him up from the um, from the hypnosis, Norm goes into his real life, freaks out, goes crazy, screams about, you know, take care of this, talk to my sister, what's going on, is my dad okay? And then Vision is realizes that he's overwhelmed and he puts him back under and he goes back to being smiley, happy-go-lucky. It is the best performance that I've seen somebody doing an emotional shift, you know, kudos to that guy. The, the guy's got literally three minutes of screen time throughout the entire series, run. right? right. But, but in that scene right there, I was like, "That was a phenomenal acting." I was like, "It was yeah. fucking amazing." And I, and I remember rewinding and going just just to watch it again. It's like that subtle shift to he just on a dime goes from being goes from happy-go-lucky to abject terror back to happy-go-lucky without a camera break. And I was like, good job, dude. I don't know who you are. I hope you get more work.
5: <laughs> it looks like his name is Asif Ali. Good for him. Yeah, he's I, am great.
0: A, I am now an Asif Ali fan. I, I mean, I've got to find him. out I've got to. I mean, like, I'm not joking. I want to see him in other stuff because that was good acting. And and not that I, you know, I obviously I love these movies, but that's not the kind of performance that you usually see in a yeah. random MCU film. Cause it's not about that. You know, you gotta, you gotta make room for the explosions and this, this basically stayed away from explosions till the last episode, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you're right. We've resolved nothing.
1: <laughs> if you
2: like Randall Park, you should go watch always be my maybe cause it's really good. <laughs> That, okay. that we can resolve. I don't know. I just, I just, I, <laughs> I, I was very excited about like Randall Park and more stuff. And then I, I realized like there's already a great rom com that doesn't like suck and he's really good in it.
0: I do. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it there. But, um, I
5: was going to say, and we didn't even talk about the ship of Theseus.
2: Oh, man. No. Yeah. How oh, did no. we, How did we not talk about the ship of Theseus?
0: Well, I thought that was uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen a couple of people complaining about like that being a dumb part. I'm like, no, that was awesome. I I liked it. I thought it was awesome. I love that. No, Vision's not going to fight himself. Vision's going to, you know, have an interesting philosophical conversation.
2: It was perfect. Uh, (laughs) I loved it. Also if anybody else complains about the line about grief being love that like lingers on I'm going to throw something
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't heard anybody complain about it but
5: yeah I thought it was lar- it was largely uh um, celebrated. I, I thought that people seemed to be into it, at least in my circles. I, yeah,
2: I, 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 said, I apparently I follow people who like are like us, and then people who have no like love for the MCU. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were making fun of it, and they're wrong. Um, and that is all. I just, I had, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs>
0: I thought it was insightful. Well, I think we'll be doing another one of these. I can't imagine that we're not going to have things to say about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Because <laughs> um, how could we not? Right. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, maybe something else will happen or it'll be a letdown <laughs> after this. We've set the bar high. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but um, I do want to I want to thank Tara for joining us. Uh, tell people about your show one more time. Where they Yeah. Can find thank you. you
5: thank you so much this was a blast i have been really excited to join you guys and i love the types of conversations that you have and Thanks. uh if anybody would like to hear more of my thoughts on wandavision or other installments of the mcu my show is called there was an idea dot 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 a marvel cinematic universe podcast and i'm on twitter and instagram at an idea underscore podcast if anybody wants to say hello
0: Mm -hmm. we'll be we'll link you in the show notes Thank you. and palindrome
2: uh just go watch always be my maybe it's really good i have nothing to plug you know know i have nothing to plug
0: i know know, but i always like seeing what you do plug so Um. palindrome so so hannah's plug is go watch always be my maybe which is a movie that you have nothing to do with other than you like it
2: I, yeah. hey maybe people like watching and be like oh this was really good maybe you guys should, should do an episode about this and how funny keanu reeves was in it and he the is. answer is yeah, okay. yes um
0: <laughs> and for another non-plug wayne yeah i got nothing um <laughs> Oh, I don't even know why we do this part of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It, it's, I mean, it's a pandemic. There's nothing going on. Or that. I, I guess um, maybe we can start talking about it some. Uh, I PCAC in a virtual event in June. I did have a. I, oddly enough, Nicole approved my, my proposal.
1: <laughs> <I
0: know>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, so, the person in charge of who's been on this show 18 times. Yes. <laughs> of so, us. Yeah, we'll, so, we'll, we'll be talking about that as it comes closer. Yeah, I, so I, so I guess well. I,
3: I'm, I'm promoting the fact that I'm actually working on something for some for somebody, so oh. w- w- which is unusual
0: this past year. Yeah. <laughs> uh and as always let's see you can find me on twitter or instagram or facebook all of the places always at chris maverick um you can also follow me on my other show i um on gosh golly wow with uh friends of the show anna papard and andrew damon we discuss excalibur become a book excalibur one issue at a time for hundred and twenty seven straight weeks. we're we're now on week three. <laughs> and it's just and it's just like sort of I'm starting realizing this is gonna this is going to be something. Um, yeah, but anyway. Um, well. Yeah. Um, and you can follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, always at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at com. And if you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel has video versions of this show where you can hear us talk. You can see images of whatever we're talking about. It also has um, it has the gosh golly wow podcast that you can follow there as well. And do us a favor. If you subscribe to us there, that helps us out. Subscribe to us. Hit bells, comment, like all of the YouTube things that I do not understand. Um, mm-hmm. Also, leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast uh, podcast venue you use, especially Apple Podcasts. That helps us out by making the show more popular. It links us to other people's shows. We move up in the algorithms. People throw money at us from the skies or so I'm told it has not happened yet, but I would really like it to. Um, I would once again like to thank Tara for joining us and please go listen to her show. I'd like yep. to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, Building Ever So More Epically and Playing Us Out. I'd like to thank you at home for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.